welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, with even more gruffness this week. Extra sultry, sexy gruffness. Um, yeah, yeah. It's because I'm a little bit ill, but because you guys matter, I am dragging my ass out of bed so that I can podcast. You are also joined today by Mr. Lee Padabadabadabadadoo. Say hi, Lee. Hi, Lee. Well, hey, he did the map thing. <laughs> oh, how are you, my man? Better than you. Is it contagious? Uh, not from this distance, I, I wouldn't have thought. You sure? I, I've, I've done, a, done a, a swabby swab test and it's not that. So we're all good. Um, but it's a, <laughs> it's a particularly nasty uh, man flu. Um, oh, man. So, I know. I mean, sympathies are fully accepted and will be, uh, will be greatly appreciated. But you are here. It is episode number 215 of the Fret Talk podcast. And today we have got some, some newsy news. What have we got? We've got a rather, rather provocative pedal to mention. We've got a funny little box. We have got... Um, They're the same thing. <laughs> ooh, matron. Uh, we've got a potential uh, potential new um, signature guitar. And we have got th- possibly the best pedal pun this year. Um, but before all of that stuff, we do our usual self-congratulatory um, audio masturbation. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> that's it. So, um, how are you, Lee? What you been up to this week? I'm going to save my what you've been up to for the news because that is basically is the news. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, I guess, uh, I, I guess it's me then. <laughs> you've been sick. So, that's that done. I did play a gig though between last podcast and this podcast the first one in about a fucking decade uh, it came up on my, my uh like time hop on facebook the other day um the last actual gig i played uh i was weirdly part of a power metal band um and it, <laughs> what? I, yeah i just happened to find myself part of a power metal band um and it was eight years ago oh man so there's that uh so it's been it's been almost a decade um, you know it's definitely been five or six years since i gigged as well yeah um, we do normally do these midweek but because mr pedal uh budget budget pedal chap <laughs> i finally just met him um <laughs> that's it because of uh he your your unwellness we were hoping you were feeling a bit better today but it doesn't seem to be the case does it no no um I I thought I was pretty much shaking it yesterday and then today. Uh, no bueno. But hey-ho, um, we are where we are. And, I mean, this is an experience. This is like podcasting whilst uh, whilst Ill is... It's, it's a new one. Do you feel uh, a little bit like like you're floating above yourself and a little bit lethargic and kind of out-of-body-ish? Oh, ab- podcasting. Absolutely not. I feel very much rooted in my, my decaying corpse at the moment. <laughs> uh, but it is what it you're is. Not, you're not comfortably numb then. You're, you're oh, absolutely not. Uncomfortably, yeah. Uncomfortably not numb. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey ho. Uh, so yeah, I did a, I did a gig this weekend. Um, it went really well. Um, like we we had loads of fun, and the the place was absolutely packed, and we got we got loads of people up and dancing, which was which was brilliant. Um, oh, that's good. What, what were you playing? Uh, very Power metal. Uh, no, it was um, kind of it was kind of pop soul, um, funkish covers. Um, Lighthouse family. Yeah, I mean that that could find its way into the set. There was lots of like Tina Turner, Stevie Wonder. Uh, I think there was a, there was an Anastasia tune as well. So Lighthouse family could have easily snuck uh, into that. Is that the Don't Cry for Me Argentina? No, that was <laughs> that was Madonna. Um, no, that was Anastasia. <laughs> don't cry for me, Argentina. Was that not the character that sung it in the movie? No, Evita was Madonna. Oh yeah, it was Evita. Oh fuck. Yeah. Damn. Can we cut that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's staying. Um, yeah. Uh, what song was I it? I studied Russian history. Did you? <laughs> yes. And uh, and what's that got to do with the Argentinian uh, Evita? Anastasia. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you watched the Disney movie, essentially, then. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll tell you what, there's some wicked books on, but we're not going to get into books about the Russian royal family. <laughs> no, weirdly enough, the last time we did a podcast, we went on some massive tangents, and it ended up being an hour and a half worth of podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I actually listened listened back to that one at the start of the week, um, and it was absolutely wicked. I thought that that podcast was really good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. It's nice because me and Matt haven't seen each other for ages. Indeed, we've never indeed. seen each other in real life, of course. But um, yeah, in, I mean, we we do actually see each other here because we use, even though the the podcast is audio, we do a video chat anyway. So we do see yeah. each other's faces. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna miss. In fact, I do miss meeting up at guitar shows. I miss that a lot. And sort of, um, I do plan to come back for certain guitar shows like um, Brahm and stuff. But do you know what? We, we're going to have to do Nam one year. We're going to have to. I mean, let's make it happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on my time hop as well came uh, Olympia. Uh, there was a, a picture of yes. you with that tiny... Uh, it, it, where was it? It was like the Mark Bass... Um, Stand, oh, right, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. playing that like travel guitar, <laughs> and because you're quite a tall chap anyway, um, yeah. this tiny little guitar looked looked minuscule. It was hilarious. Do you know, I've just had a thought. Um, there is something I have been up to, which is non-news related. Okay. Um, uh, I've been. I'm in the market for an acoustic guitar. Ah, the grandpa's guitar. Have... Yeah, yeah, I used to have a really nice ovation, but mm. it as I've progressed in my um, in my guitar journey, I realised that it wasn't quite meeting the standards I wanted it to, so I sold it and yeah. just didn't get another one because I knew we were moving, and it was just another thing to take and break. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of research um, and. The one guitar that I feel is in my price bracket but really, really good is the Seagull S6. So <laughs> there's lots of um, 
lots of sort of guitars around that price bracket, but everyone's saying like this is the this is the winner for guitars under like four hundred quid. And because okay. I, I don't want to spend a fortune on acoustic, I don't think you need to. Uh, yeah, if it's I, something you're not using every day, then yeah. And it's not for recording or anything. I might do a bit of recording with it, but that's not what I, what I play really. I, I play overdriven, fuzzy, fuzz, fuzz, fuzz. I mean, delay, synth. That's that possible. Um, our, our Alex at Under Effects did a video where he uh, he shoved all of his pedal line through uh, an acoustic guitar, and actually, up until a certain point, it didn't sound bad. Obviously, like the, yeah. the extreme fuzzies uh, sounded sounded horseshit. Um, a, a bit of chorus, a bit of flange maybe, and, and obviously reverb, delay, that sort of thing. Fine. Going to overdrives. Yeah. There, there was that overdrive for acoustics, which sounded quite nice. It was very subtle. Yeah, um, Fender uh, had bought out a, a, an overdrive preamp kind of thing for, for acoustic. Yeah, and all it did was give it a bit of... Oh, I'm so sorry. It's the end of the week and the end of the day. Um, <laughs> are we keeping you up, Lee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. But, no, yeah, it it was very subtle, but tuned nicely, and, and it worked. It sounded like it... Like, on paper, it should sound like shit, but it didn't. It was it was quite nice. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I'm always open to new ideas and innovation, you know, which... Uh, if we didn't have innovation, we wouldn't be where we are now. I thought you just sold innovation. <laughs> that was innovation. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I was looking at one of the Martin guitars, but um, upon talking to one of my mates, he was like, "No, not at this price point. Um, all the Martins at this price point, uh, you're basically paying for the name and getting not very yeah. much." Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah. was a shame. I'd love a like a D28 or something like that. That'd be amazing. But, yeah, but you don't want to spend D twenty eight money. No. Um yeah, so um so that that's something I've been up to this week. Just looking at acoustics. And you can yeah. pick them up for a couple of hundred quid these these S sixes and and they look really good. I must admit it's not something I've ever really looked into. Um I'm in the acoustic market in general, but I've never heard of Seagull. Never um, heard of Seagull. Never heard Canadian of Seagull Company. Okay. Um, yeah, very very high quality they use like um uh sustainable woods and these sort of things so yeah looks um a lot of people rate them a lot rate them quite highly i think this is more or less their cheapest guitar but they, like, like canada's answer to like faith guitars uh maybe canada's answer to someone like cole clark another <laughs> complaint yeah tell you what we should do an episode on acoustics one day because there's so much I've learned since working at Tone Pedro about acoustics. Yeah, um, I, I knew shit all about acoustics and I had to learn because I had to write all the descriptions and the attributes to these guitars. And I've learned quite a lot over the years. Um, so, yeah. This yeah, maybe yeah. I mean, could be interesting. If, if it had forced me to, to learn a bit more, I'm all for that. Um, because admittedly i don't know a great deal about uh about acoustics i know like around that price point you get the yummy uh, apx and cpx and they are they're particularly good for the price i was looking at the trans acoustic and the okay. um 
because that's the one that's got the reverb and the chorus built into it. Do you remember that one? Yeah, it's got like an actuator in. Like, that's it underneath the. So um, that that came in over budget, but not too much over budget, but enough over budget. I didn't want to do it, which was about five six hundred quid. Yeah, for yeah. The, for the basic one, the most basic of them. Um, and then I looked at the, the high vibe, which was the same sort of idea, but from lag, but much more detail. So you got delay in that. And it oh does yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we, I played them in Germany one point, and uh, we got them on Tonepedia as well. Um, and they're pretty cool. They do, they uh, are quite interesting. We've got like a fuzz sound on it as well. Okay. But, <laughs> um, they they start at a grand. Ooh. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool though, but uh, I don't know. I don't know where I stand with it. Um, yeah. You don't hear much about them anymore either, so I don't know. Yeah, lag. Um, back when I first started playing guitar, which was probably kind of mid two thousands, there was a real push um, in mm. PMT, uh, which they, is they had the, like the the matte greys and the matte oranges and stuff like that on the, in terms of colours, didn't they, on their super struts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, there was... Because they, they had, like, a weird kind of two-tone thing with the um, the headstock was partially the body colour and then partially either, like, a white or a natural finish where the lag logo was, and it was, like, kind of multi-tiered. Uh, and they looked really cool, but because they like the ones that they were selling were all the kind of budget range. Um, like me and my friends pretty much saw lag at that point as a budget guitar brand. Like an Aria or something like that. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and yeah. didn't really, um, didn't really see them as quality until my friend managed to source a, um, like one of the high end, um, I think it was an, an Arcane uh, AK-1000, which is like their kind of top spec one. Um, and he swore by that guitar. Mm. Um, and then he, he ended up getting an Imperator as well, which is kind of a flatter top Les Paul. Um, and again, very, very, very good quality. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're a French company, though. They are indeed. Um, I don't know why that's important. <laughs> I yeah. just thought I'd add something I knew about them to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, nice they were yeah, so a French uh, company, and they had um, Stefan Forte um, as a as an artist uh, on their books for quite a while, and he moved over to to Ibanez maybe f- five years ago, something like that. Yeah, you would do that, wouldn't you? you know. Well, yeah. I mean, if uh, if Ibanez are offering, then yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's a very, very good guitar player. And um, from what I've played, the uh, the higher end, um, like custom shop, um, lag guitars were, were very good. Yeah, yeah, they, they. I've liked the ones that I've played. I've um, there was this really cool, oh, like I was saying earlier, the matte orange and matte grey one. I don't know what the model of it was, but it was awesome. I I need to pull that instead of the um. That red one I've got that's like a red gem ripoff. Oh, okay, yeah. Is that the shine? It is, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I you mentioned that. Instead of that, actually. Mm. Maybe I should have. <laughs> hey. um, yeah, so so they, those were some of the options, but the one I'm going to try and source is the um, the Seagull S8 by the looks of things. 
Cool. Some of the other things I looked at were like Barton Rouge and things like that. But um, uh, yeah, I think Seagull uh, is the route I'm going to go down. So that's after my extensive amount of research and talking to people who know more about these things than I do. That's the route I'm going to go down. So that is my, uh, if I get one, which I hope I will soon, then I will let you know. Defo, defo, keep us posted on that. Um, because, like I say, I've, I've I've never heard of them, so like managing to pick one up might be a bit of an issue. But yeah, let us let us know how you get on with it. Um, Here it would be. Um, th- there is a guy who is a, quite a distance away from me who's selling one, but he wants. He's like, oh, yeah, it's got a broken tuner, and I want more for it. And everyone else is charging everywhere else around the world. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no bueno. <laughs> so, um, I was going to mention um, the the board that I used for the depth gig. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, I I just used like a, a the standard <laughs> uh, like couple of planks of wood that I bolted together about ten years ago. Um, but my main drive for the entire night was. And terrace. No. No, it wasn't. If it uh, weren't the Antares, it was the... The, uh, what's it called, Drive? Um, Adam's one. <laughs> oh, um, the, the, um, Chef Tone stuff. Oh, no, of course it was a Mojo Mojo. Of, of course it was. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it was. Although, uh, and this is a sneaky, 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 this one, because uh, I did, I shared uh, a picture with the pedal boards, um, like pre-gig. Um, and I had um, an unfinished pedal on there, and that was the prototype for the Chef Tone Preacher. Um, oh, okay. So I used I used that after the Mojo Mojo um, as like a massive drive boost, so that I like whenever I needed to do like the rock tunes, uh, I'd stack both of those together. <laughs> I've been discussing prototypes with um, with one of our favourite um, pedal companies uh, this week, and I'm looking forward to getting them to try them out and um, turn around and turn on their shit, and they need to change them completely. And <laughs> no, I'm sure they'd be amazing. They usually are. Well, I can't say, can I? <laughs> it will spoil everything. I've, I, I I do. I don't know if anyone listening knows or even cares more importantly but i do a lot of work with um companies advising them on new releases and these sort of things so Mm -hmm. yeah i help i I was approached by two big companies just today about questions about gear so yeah it's um it's quite nice actually it's it's um i can't think of the word but it's it's really it's humbling um it's nice i like it it's What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I would have thought humbling. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to feel appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, nice to feel that the work you do is is appreciated in in a wider scope than just what you expect. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The the first one was, is there any other pedals called this? Because I think I'm going to name my new pedal this. (laughs) And the second (laughs) one was... um, What's the best metal amp? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it was, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I'd have to pass on that one, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> what would you say it would be? What would you say the best metal amps are? I mean, if I'm thinking about all of the metal bands that I I would want to listen to, it'd be a JCA, uh, JCM 800 and then like modded and with an overdrive or a rat or something in front of it. Because that's yeah, pretty much but... all of the metal that I'd, I'd ever listened to. In terms of, because we know more about the gear than the music, I think, when it comes to certain things like that, when we're outside of our comfort zone in terms of music we don't listen to. Now, yeah. it, it, generally, for me, I, I would listen to... See, I, I know that Steve Ray Vaughan, I know all the gear he uses, but I don't listen to Steve Ray Vaughan. So yeah. it's like that, you know. So I... I would say the two biggest metal amps are probably the 5150 slash 6505 and the uh, Mesa Mark V. The Mark V? Would you not say the Mark V? I'd say the, the dual wreck or the triple oh, wreck. yeah. No, no, the Mark V's wicked. It might be wicked, but it's it's a lot more subtle than the uh, the, the rect, recto... Um, um, Isn't John Petucci using the uh, Mark V? Isn't is a signature version of yes. the Mark V? Though? With two EQs on it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas um, the the bands that I knew uh, doing metal when <laughs> when I was uh, listening to heavier um, heavier things back with like the new metal lot, um, they were all playing uh, dual wrecks and and like the uh, the pop punk at the time as well. They were using. Uh, they were using dual Rex as well. Wasn't this back when everyone was going mad for the me- for the Marshall Mark IV, which was like <laughs> stupidly overpowered? Yeah, the uh, yeah, the mode for yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I say, Mark IV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was um, yeah. like solid state, but it was like three hundred watt or something. Yeah, but I think it had some sort of valves in it, or uh, like preamp valves or something like that. It was. Um, it looked really cool, but it was a mess. I mean, I I played one at a, a rehearsal room and it sounded fantastic, but I weren't running it. I I weren't like gunning the channels. I was using it in a quite subtle way, and it it did sound good. It sounded really good. Yeah. Um, Do you think it'd still sound good now? Um, like possibly. Like it had one specific sound that I liked in it. Um. But then, like it, I think it had a very similar sound to the old, the like the original Marshall Valve State amps, which was like the the VS uh, series, not the AVT. Right, okay. and they were really good. They sounded fantastic. But again, for this like really mid-rich, creamy distortion tone, and that was it. That's all they sounded good for. But it was a fantastic tone. No, oh, uh, I think I want to try one now. I haven't seen any round for years, though. But the 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 mode four, yeah, yeah, you won't. They um they fell out of fashion quite quick. Yeah, but you don't even see any like second hand, or anyone like saying, "Oh yeah, here's here's my rig and like here's my Marshall mode four. It's just. I imagine they've probably um been packed away in a cupboard somewhere and a gathering dust. Yeah, they were. Big as well, weren't they? Very big heads. Big heads, yeah. They oh, were, yeah. I got I got something new this week. Oh well, go on. It, it I mean you you're showing me. Yeah. 
I got a new chair, and yeah. it doesn't creak. Listen. I mean, you can't hear that. That's it. We, we can't <laughs> hear it, Lee, and that's a good thing. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, uh, it's really cool. It's, it was uh, it was a bit expensive, but um, we yeah we went with this one because um, friends of mine had bought it as well, and they said it really helped with their back. And the chair I had before was definitely not uh, still because it's early days, so it's hurting me back still because I'm still adjusting to it. Yeah. Fingers crossed it'll uh, <laughs> your your back will submit to it. Yeah, or we'll be good with the world. Absolutely, but I'm quite happy with this chair. It looks better for um, podcasts and live streams and stuff as well, doesn't it? I mean, it looks as if you're going to podcast faster. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for for the listeners, it it looks a lot like a boy racer bucket seat. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice. I like how this pillow here is magnetic. Oh, is it nice? That's really cool, actually. That is. <laughs> yeah. I, I've um, I've bring this back to guitar. I've made a video of me putting it together, and I'm going to make a second video of how it's like to how how good it is for playing guitar in. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I've worked out a way that the arms can come off and I'm just going to see if I can get something to rig up a quick release on them. Magnets. Oh, that would work. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Go go, go with the, the same method as the pillow. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Go on. So that is what I have been up to, sir. Um, I mean, I, I've still got, like, I've got a sleeper hit. Of the pedal boards, um, okay, sleeper. Um, so we had to play a song which I'd ne- never really heard before, um, called "Steamy Windows" by um, by Tina Turner, uh, and it's got two guitars um, in "Steamy Windows," but one of them like has quite a prominent auto wah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, Lee? So so one of them has quite a prominent auto uh and like during rehearsals I didn't bother and I, I just like played the, the second guitar which is kinda of like a a nasally sounding overdrive tone. So I just did that. Uh but then for the gig I remembered that I had um a Jed's Peds um auto while kicking about. Um, and I remembered it being really, really good. Uh, so I thought, you know what, why not? So I busted that out at the gig. And it was the star of the show. Like, Was it? Yeah, once we'd finished the first... Because like, it was the last song in the first set. Everyone was just going, wow, waka, wow, waka, waka, wow, wow, waka. <laughs> Over to me. Uh, so yeah, auto war for the win. Um, I'll tell you what, that, that segues us really nicely, doesn't it? it? It does, yeah, it does somewhat. So, when you say also war, can you think of a country, or oh, sorry, of a place in um, Canada that sounds similar? Ah, uh, yeah, Quebec. Yes, exactly. So, the new Carl Martin Quebec has come out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be brilliant if he then started bringing out, like, like, this is the Quebec Overdrive. This is like the Toronto Phaser or something. What would they be? Yeah, they'd have to, because like, 
uh, just to come back here, dial it back a little bit. Um, Carl Martin produced a, um, a an envelope filter called the Ottawa. Yeah, uh, I mean the cut hands the, the down place. best pedal name. Uh, just yeah, hand, no. hands down the best. So we had this. Um, we had this quite early over at Tonepedia. We've had it for uh, some time because we obviously had to get it ready for launch and. Um, we were all having a really good laugh about the description for it because they they were really laying into the Canadians on it. It was oh funny as fuck. <laughs> I remember saying to the guys, this is how World War Three starts. <laughs> the, the Danish versus the Canadians. Who would have thought? <laughs> I mean, it, it's definitely a thing, isn't it? It, it could work. Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> um so um it it's quite an interesting pedal um it's i'm just gonna bring it up on um so it's got four view. different controls on the uh on the front hasn't it it's got four um adjustable knob parameters yeah so i've got it here um you have tone which is more of like a a high pass uh, adjustment so as you go it kind of like dials out any of those you know when you're playing you are and sometimes if you put too much gain into it you can get some you can get quite harsh when it gets high and stuff like that yeah um, yeah yeah it kind of dials that down a bit the attack um what have i written here? so the attack is going to be how quickly or uh how sensitive it is to the pick dynamic isn't it Yes, I would have called it dynamics. That that's the that was my take on it. I've I've put the attack develops the effect growth, allowing it to stay very bassy or letting it to grow into a full vocal wah tone. So it does it does adjust like where it's like wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's how how extreme your um it's basically how much um how much toe you get on your wah sweep, isn't it? Yes, but the Q also does that as well, and the Q kind the of Q narrows like, narrows down the filter. Yeah, so if you if you open it up, it's it's a much less prominent um, effect. It's like whoa, wow, wow. Whereas it's that sort of thing. If you yeah. really like, yeah, it, it narrows up. it narrows down like at the one end. It's it's kind of a almost like a hill like curve, and then at the other end, it's almost spike shaped. Yeah, exactly um, that. You've got band pass, high pass, low pass on this. Yeah, um, on, in a, terms on a little dip switch, haven't you? That's it. So you can get like uh, very synthy type tones. You can get very wah like tones. Uh, and, and it's all analog. It's optical as well. So this is one of the cool things about it. It's, it's an optical um, envelope filter. And the most important thing about it is it actually sounds bloody good. Yeah, I mean, I had to listen to the um, the project demo, and it actually sounded very, um, very wah-like. Where mm. with um, with a lot of auto filter effects, it's got a, it's got the specific sound of an auto filter effect. It sounds like that pedal rather than sounding like a wah pedal. Yeah, and the nice thing I, f- I found as well is a lot of the envelope filters that you see are um, aimed at bass players. Um, so it was nice to see that this was one for guitarists. I, I think you know you can use it as a bass player as well. But um, yeah, yeah I imagine it's, it's that's nice. the the low pass mode, isn't it? 
it focuses on the the lower end. Yeah. Um, Do you know what the level control does? It is it is it like a mix or is it an overall level? Let me just have a look. See what I've written here. No, I, th- I think it is just a uh, just an overall level. I think yeah. it's um, that's. Yeah. To be fair though, that's quite decent because um, I had uh, one of the Line Six Tone Core series. The auto filter, uh, one of those. I think it was called the auto, um, auto um, filter or something like that. Was that and the Echo Park series? Yeah, it's the same same series as that. Yeah, um, and it was a great sounding filter. Um, like it did all of the the specific auto filter sounds that you would want from it, um, but it had a massive volume bump when you engaged oh. it. Um, so being able to dial in, um, like how much, cause you would have thought actually it'd be the other way where when you engaged it, it took some of the volume away because you actually, um, you're, yeah, you're sculpting away some of the EQ, yeah. aren't you? Uh, but no, this one, taking others. yeah. So what it did, I, I imagine it like the, the way they designed it, it compensated for that, but it compensated too much. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So, so this is basically kind of letting you dial it into your own rig. Yeah. It. I like the look of it as well. The color's quite nice, um, uh, and it's kind of like um, curvy at the bottom as well. It, it looks really, really nice, and and the screws to hold like to hold the whole pedal together. Yeah. It's as if they've made the pedal on the bottom of the pedal because the screws are on the top plate. Okay. Hmm. A very cool looking pedal. Um, yeah, it's got yeah. like a um, almost like a, a binding, like a faux binding to it, where it's it's got the blue color on the top, and then it, like the edges uh, have got that like brushed um, kind of look. I think it's tapered as well. Yeah, yeah. On the edges, yeah. yeah <laughs> very very nice looking pedal. Top top mounted jacks. <laughs> Weirdly, um, um, the the Rowan series of um of pedals like these cheap chinese ones um have that look uh and the, the reason why i bought a roman pedal is because of how it looked um they look fantastic the one that i've I got think... doesn't sound good but it looks <laughs> fantastic it's kind of like the basis jo- joya went on for their r8 series was it r8 it was all like the cool leds yeah the r series yeah like r series yeah the um r8 Audi very nice Audi um, but yeah it's kind of like we they know that they sound very 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 much the same <laughs> as a lot of other pedals because they are let, let's face it it's cut, between, cut the bullshit out they are clones yeah um, I mean the the um, the R series are trying to uh, veer off from that a little bit more um, the the old the JF series i think it was which were just kind of like straight uh like generic pedal enclosures look very very almost like identical clones of of pedals that you'll find in multiple other enclosures in multiple other um companies with the r series they tried something a little bit different um and like a few of those were like absolute golden because they weren't just 
the next uh, in in a series of many clones. Yep. Obviously, they're they're not like fully um, original uh, ideas. Like the, for example, like the uh, the Toren was clone inspired, um, and uh, there there was there were others as well. Like the oh, what was it called? They had a green one, which was quite clearly tube screamer based. Um, yeah, but they weren't like direct ripoffs of where the I think the the Joyo Vintage Overdrive is basically a TS9 um, and like their Vintage Phaser is a Phase 45 and etc etc yeah cool so that's the Carl uh, Martin Ottawa yes yeah it, it's um it looks really, really cool. Um, we've, we, like I say, we've had it for some time, and we, we've really liked playing with this. It's interesting. It's optical as well. Um, really, really cool. Nice release from Cole Martin there. And if you want to go and try it, you can hit the links in the description to go and play it on Tempedia, which is pretty cool because that's what we do. Right. So, what, okay. what was the second thing that we released on Tempedia this week? Then the second thing. It was actually 10 things, and they are the new range of guitars from Strandberg. So, have you not seen these at all? I have not seen these at all, yes, you are correct. You've not been well over so yeah, I can see how it might have like slipped through. Um, basically, um, Strandberg... If you don't know them, they create the uh, the headless guitars with the uh, Bowden body. So it's, it looks similar to Kiesel and these sort of things. Obviously, Strandberg came first. And before, way before them, you got Steinberg and these sort of things. Very similar sort of looking guitars. Um, but the difference with Strandberg is what Ola's tried to do is take every single aspect of what makes a guitar easy or hard to play um and just try and make your job as a guitarist as easy as possible so uh the neck is asymmetrical as you got the neck it moves your hand around so so you've got um your thumb is further towards the back so you can hold you can get better hammer-ons and these sort of things but as you come down the neck it moves your thumb up so you can do fancy chords where you wrap your thumb over and these sort of things and it just makes it much easier um one of the cool things from um that ola said was you know a lot of people say tone is in your fingers and we sometimes we can agree with that sometimes you tone it depends on the context but from what he's saying he's saying it, it is because if you've got a great sounding guitar in terms of tone but it's a bitch to play you're not going to get it to sound good or you might but it's going to be difficult you're going to make you know you're not going to get the most out of it in terms of potential if you've got a not so great sounding guitar but it's really good to play you're going to feel even happy you're going to feel happy with that guitar even though it might not be getting the best tones out of it so what he's tried to do is create a great sounding guitar um, but make it easier to play. Now that's been going on for about twelve years, and that's how long he's been had the Bowden shape out for. I think it's twelve years, and over the time he's had a lot of input from 
because um, there's a great fan base of Strandberg. You know, the people who buy them are, are fanatic about them. It's almost like a cult in some ways. And um, yeah, there's been a lot of feedback. Um, so he's taken a lot of the feedback. He's made the the arm rest. He's like nicer to sit. He's, he's adjusted the hill carve so you can get up the fretboard easier. Um, but really, really little things every find, such as the knobs. One of the um, sides of the knobs is now flat, so you know where zero is. So you've got that as a reference point. So there's no kind of oh, where am I? You can just feel it and like okay, that's where I am. And you know, little tiny things like that make a big difference. Yeah. So is is that what these uh, new series is about? Is kind of. It's like the next generation of um, yeah, Strandbergs. exactly that, exactly that. They've um, they've also changed some of the woods on them and the manufacturing processes. And the reason they've done that is for sustainability, um, because they're a very very forward thinking um, guitar brands. And um, of course, they the you know they're here in Sweden as well, and Sweden is like most of the energy over here that's produced is from renewable sources. Um, and, and one of the things he said is like um, when they're creating roasted maple, um, when you start shaving the neck around, away, roasted maple's very very brittle. So what will happen is you, you quite often lose a few necks because as you're going through, the whole thing will split. So I think they've stopped using roasted maple now uh, and just gone to normal maple because it's only a, it's only to do with the, the look of it, isn't it, as opposed to anything else. So Roasted maple is supposed to be um, more stable under a, like a, a range of um, humidity values. So it tends to render um, different uh, different environments less of an issue okay okay so um he didn't say anything about that so i don't know um there you go i, I mean maybe he's not maybe he's using a completely different uh wood on there i can't remember probably do have it here though uh nick new new i should have it here somewhere but i can't see it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it is it is a big improvement. They've, they've got different woods that they're using, basically, like I say, for sustainability. Um, yeah. For instance, they've started using rich light instead of um, um, ebony. Yeah. Um, but he said he, he wasn't convinced about rich light for, for a long, long time. And he's finally taken the, uh, the move over to it because... He's finally seen that it can be as good as as um, ebony. Yeah, I mean, and, I've got a, a Gibson with a, a rich light fingerboard, um, and purists would be absolutely slating it, but it sounds fantastic. Yeah, he said about maintenance on on ebony, um, and that one's ebony, my Les Paul, and that's um, I've never had any issues with that. So, uh, yeah, these look great. You've got um, 
you've got a bunch of them so you've got metal you've got um which is two humbuckers you've got a classic which is um that's not released yet but it will be released soon so that's a maple board and uh hh hss mm-hmm. um you've got the prog you've got um lo- lo- a bunch of different models yeah. and most of them will go up to eight string if you want to and they all start at six string you can go on to Tonepedia, you can try them out, you can compare them to um, the existing, the pre-existing ones, because they're all played the same, they're all played by the same guys, um, and you can compare them, see if you think they, they stand up. And, you know, you can play the Ebony against the Rich Light if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See if you can hear the difference. Yeah. I want one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, largely... It's not my thing, um, <laughs> but hey ho! I mean, if you're gonna go for a headless guitar, go for go for the company that kind of bought back the popularity of them, which is Strandberg. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you you could go for a Steinberg <laughs> uh, if you really wanted to go old school. I always want to call Steinberg Steinberger. It might be Steinberger. Oh, I think I don't think it is. I think it's Steinberg. Well, Stein, yes, one of, one of those two. Um, I've, I've been writing descriptions about headless guitars and newsletters about them all week. Uh, still not sure what <laughs> this guy's name is. Yeah, oh, dear. I, I don't think it, it matters anymore. Right? Shall we move on to uh onto our bit of Joyo news this week? Oh, we've got Joey news, have we? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is this the slightly wet news? It is the wet news, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. it, it's it's definitely a bit of news that's coming from me because it's a, it's a budget pedal. Um, however, it's also, it's it's piqued my interest because it's uh, it's a little bit naughty. It's a little bit naughty, isn't it, Lee? <laughs> yes, no sex, please, we're British. It's the JF20, so it's from the JF series. Oh, it, naughty. It is called the Moist Reverb. Um, obviously, you can tell where they've got that from because there's usually like a, a wet and dry uh, control on a, on a reverb pedal. And if you, if you type wet into a Google Translate, you're going to get moist. Yeah, I... I... You, you know Wampler, there's uh, Richard Oliver that works over at Wampler. Um, he's on their podcast and uh, on Chasing Tone podcast and these sort of things. And um, he's a friend of mine. And uh, we, we were all laughing about this the other day. And he was like, who the fuck signed off on that name? I mean, <laughs> like, Joyo definitely knew what they were doing because um, the Guitar Geek... Um, was involved with Joyo prior to the release of this, and he did let them know. He said, "This is going to cause a bit of a, a bit of a stir," and they, they just they wanted to go with it. Yeah, uh, but good, there you go. They're saying good, yeah. No news is bad news. Well, that's it. I mean, and it's it's served a purpose, hasn't it? Because we're talking about it, and actually, if it was uh, if it was just called like the the Cavern Reverb or something, we may not even be so. Caverns is a wicked pedal. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, okay. Pedantic. Um, 
So this is a uh, yeah. it's a, a Troy um, Troy Reverb um, pedal. It's got a thirty-two bit uh, DSP chip, and it's got um, okay. stu- studio mode, plate mode, and church mode. So log going from a smaller space to like a, a quite outlandish um, reverb tone, uh, and then you've got your three controls as well, haven't you? You've got uh, what have we got? Uh, mix, tone, and decay. So, having a tone control on your reverb is is quite a uh, quite an important thing, which which gets left off quite a few as well, actually. Um, Can you imagine having seen this pedal on a? Because you said it's got like the church setting. Can yeah. you imagine seeing this on a, a praise and worship board? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I can see these being being an absolute smash in the PW world. Um, oh dear. But yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to hear it. I've not heard any demos yet because they've been they were being released tonight. Uh, so we decided to podcast instead. Um, I saw this about two weeks ago, and it it did make me chuckle. Um, like hats off to the people at Joyo though as well um, on their social media <laughs> um, like they, they posted this up that it was being released today um, and then in the comments they, they put something like uh, the the name like um, uh, like like damp and, and clunge were, were also considered but they went with moist <laughs> Clunge, <laughs> like in between the fans, are they? Oh yeah, my like God, they, they they clearly know what's going on. Um, but yeah, oh, I mean, there, there is a little bit of a risk that the the silliness of this might put some people off, and you can understand it because, like, you could go for the the atmosphere from the R series, or you could go for the moist reverb. Um, and if you've if you've got a, like a pedal board that is going to be sit like you say if it's a praise and worship board, there's no way that you are going to be rocking the moist reverb. Um, imagine like this is the sort of pedal you buy because at a price point of your first pedal board, and you're like you're a young kid putting your board together, and your mum comes in, and it's like, oh, what have you got there? What? Yeah. Oh, okay. smacks you around the ear. We'll be having another <laughs> devil guitar. Yeah, um, but mm. yeah. So um, there's there's no price point out on them at the moment, but I imagine it's probably going to be around the fifty pound mark. Um, it's mono in, mono out, which is slightly unfortunate. If it was stereo, I think it would be ultimately, ultimately more desirable. And uh, twice as moist. <laughs> <laughs> Stereo moistening, yeah. Oh, um, but there you go. That is that's the little giggle that we get this week for the the moist uh, moist pedal. Um, okay, we've got anything else? Yeah, let's go for one more. Uh, let's go for the funny little boxes. Um, which so the funny little boxes is a website and a. Um, is run by a chap called Andy, who's an absolute legend. Um, I did a demo for their collaboration with Bad Penny Effects, uh, which was called the Funny Little Box uh, Fuzz, uh, and that was a yeah. wicked pedal. Um, These are the guys that have done the Pearl Jam pedal, isn't it, aren't they? That is exactly what this is. So it's called the 1991, yeah. and it's based on the, the 
um the tones ten. of 10 yeah so it was yeah. it was done in a collaboration with a youtuber which i unfortunately forget the name of at the moment um but he he basically he had a chat with um andy and said i'm gonna set you a challenge and see if you can get pearl jam in a box for under 100 pounds and that's exactly what he's done so it's uh it's 99 uh 99 pounds but at the moment um, all of the pre-orders have been taken up, so you might have to wait a little bit if you want to get one. Um, we're get, we're gonna have to demo this. Is I I do you like Pearl Jam? I, I really love Pearl Jam. I, I am so indifferent to Pearl Jam. So so indifferent. Um, but like the the idea of the pedal seems pretty pretty awesome. So it's got uh, two gain controls because it's got two gain stages. Uh, it's got a master volume and a three band EQ. Um, and the reason why it's got two game controls, I believe, is because the sound of Pearl Jam was essentially absolutely gunned martial amps with overdrives, mid-forward overdrives pushing the front end. Uh, so it's very much a classic tone, isn't it? Um, and uh, I've listened to a few demos online, and for, for my ear, it sounds Pearl Jam enough. Um, I, <laughs> is that a single word <laughs> uh, yeah Pearl, Pearl Geminoff um, I, like, I will be the first to put my hands up and say I, I'm not particularly the, the, the best person like the most qualified person to to distinguish the guitar tones of Pearl Jam um, however with a three band EQ and the two gain controls um, it sounds like it's going to be quite a versatile little monster you know what? I want one just because it's Pearl Jam. Well, you need to get in line because the pre-orders are done. They have sold out yeah. the pre-orders already. It's uh, awesome, man. That really is awesome. But there you go. That is well that. done to funny little boxes. Indeed, yeah. Massive, uh, massive shout out to Andy because uh, he's an absolute ledge. The funny um, little boxes make a reverb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if they did I'm sure it would be absolutely excellent um, I'm not falling for that Lee I'm not falling for that this bit of news here is podcast exclusive podcast exclusive the, the, the previous stuff is featured on the pedal boards of Doom News because uh, we wanted to do like a little collab again uh, but this this little bit of news here is podcast exclusive it is only for you um so Fender released an image this week on their Instagram account, I believe, of a black Paisley Telecaster with two humbuckers. And around that very same time, Mr. Jim Root has been spotted playing a black Paisley Telecaster. Not Telecaster, sorry, Jazzmaster. Um, Jazzmaster, not Telecaster. Uh, he's been playing a black, jazz, uh, black Paisley Jazzmaster live. Uh, I assume with Slipknot. Um, so there you go. There is potential of a black Paisley Jazzmaster being released. Um, have you seen it? Have I seen it? Yeah. Yeah, of course I have, yeah. Looks nice, doesn't it? it I mean, go, like going back to last week's podcast, I am not a fan of the Paisley finish. Um, it's not... Like it's not terrible, but it's not for me. It's not for me at all. But 
Um, apparently, in his own personal collection, Mr. Jim Root has got a Black Paisley dual humbucker Telecaster and Black Paisley Stratocaster as well. Oh, um, okay. So, I mean, there's potential that it could just be uh, like Fender are sharing a special custom one-off that they've done for Mr. Root, or it could potentially be coming into production. Um, I had a look... Uh, what the current Jim Root um, signatures are going for, and they are around like the twelve hundred pound mark. So that's not bad for a signature guitar. Oh yeah, I thought that as well. Actually, I thought that's that's quite reasonable. That's quite reasonable. I don't know like the country of origin of them, um, and their specs. I assume they've probably they look like they've either got EMGs or Fishman uh, pickups. Um. But I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm not a massive, massive Jim Root fan. I'm like not really followed uh, Slipknot since <laughs> since I was like 15, so like a million years ago. Um, but I do like I appreciate some of his gear, um, and I thought the um, the Telecaster that he had was pretty cool. Um, I thought the the Stratocaster actually that he came out with. Uh, after that as well was pretty cool um, so there'll be fans yeah. out there some people will be absolutely creaming their kegs over this I think that guy has um, been very good for the guitar community I I would argue that he's almost been a little bit like, like almost like a fraction of what Slash did for Gibson in the 90s he's done for Fender um, yeah more recently um i know fender haven't haven't necessarily had that that dip that um that um gibson were experiencing in the late 80s however they've never really been associated with metal have they that's it not, and not recently anyway and, you had those uh heavy metal guitars from the 80s and they tried to bring them back recently but yeah the um, strat and, yeah. and and stuff like that and they've always had like the blacktop series with the jewel humbuckers um but I think yeah, I think they they've really broken into new ground with uh, with the Jim Root stuff, and it seems like that specific model uh, almost transcends genre uh, a lot of the time. You'll see people who you wouldn't necessarily expect um, playing a Jim Root, playing playing a, like one of the Telecasters or, or whatnot. So we're gonna do disc. Discussion. discussion. Uh, this was left over from last week, so this is a little bit of an old discussion in our group. But I did want to give it some airtime because I oh, thought. Do, 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 do. Discussion. <laughs> that cushion has got. <laughs> Fuck's sake, that cushion's got a magnet. Um, yeah, this discussion discussion topic was brought to us by Mike Hilfoy uh, from the Fret Talk podcast group and. It is a bit of a contentious um, question, but what is your favourite bridge type on a guitar? What is your favourite bridge type? Bear in mind, I will judge you on this answer, and there is a correct answer. Mm, um, I'm a bit torn because I like a tremolo on some guitars, and I like... um, just like uh, 
the tunomatic on the Les Pauls and stuff like that. So if if I'm using a guitar that doesn't have a, a tremolo, then I want um then I want the ability to tune it in. Um I don't, I, I like wraparounds and these sort of things are cool, but they're they're not practical. Um and I like the straight throughs of the tellies and these sort of things. They're great as well, but still I've never owned a telly so or or a straight through guitar so I've um I've you know I can't say it's my favorite I, I see the principle of it and if I had one maybe it would be but yeah so the tunomatic on the Les Paul and when it comes to tremolos definitely not a Floyd fucking rose um so it has to be I, and you know, it's like human million fucking comments of people going, oh, they're okay if you know how to tune them in and shut them up. I can set up a fucking void rose. They are not good. You know, as soon as that knife edge starts going, it's bollocks. Yeah, so, but when they are, when they're like perfect, when they've got the, the knife edge done and whatnot, they hold tune and you can do ridiculous. Like if you wanted to use tremolo, Floyd Rose lets you use tremolo and it doesn't yeah. care how much you use the tremolo. However, a strat doesn't tend to have like a, a normal strat, um, you know, not a cheap ass one, but a, a, a normal strat, um, yeah, two point vintage trem system or, or the six screw ones. I've never had the two point one, so I've always found the six, six screw ones to be fine. Um, well, no, I haven't, but. On my current strap is fine. Uh, well, well, there you go. There you go. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one out there. Is that anything with adjustable intonation for each individual string is alright by me? Um, strap tremolos are decorative only. Um, I've never had a strap tremolo that doesn't go out at least a little bit when when used um and why why would you risk that um it's not that great of an effect um so i tend to just leave them alone but i do love the strat trem uh because of the individual saddles um especially the big block saddles not the ridiculous bent steel vintage lark um I don't want my fingers, like the side of my hand, cut up on, um, like the Allen key grub screws. Why? Why would I want that? Um, tunematics are kind of middle of the road for me. They're okay, um, but I'm not not massively sold on them. Telecasters, the three saddle, three saddle Telecaster bridges can get in the bin. Um, like so many people wax lyrical about oh well, they're the they're the key to a Telecaster's tone like fuck they are they're the key to your string slipping all over the place to your guitar not being properly intonated so no just no like six saddle if you want to get six saddles and have individual brass ones like individual brass six saddles absolutely if if that's what you feel you need then yes however three saddle telecaster 
the barrel bridges get in the bin you can get um like an in-between house where you can get um they look like free saddle ones but you can get slight different intonations on them and that you can adjust them um it's kind of like it's like buying a nice suit and then like sticking an adidas badge on it (laughs) you know it's no no actually it's completely the opposite to that really isn't it but the point I'm saying is it's like having the free saddles just for the look of it. Yeah, the I, th- I think it's um, Mastery that do the ones with like the tiltable saddle, like the tiltable barrel, um, and by which point you're like, well, the, it's so over-engineered, this, this bit of technology, so over-engineered that you're better off just getting a six saddle version yeah i agree and do you know what the thing i hate about it the most is it's totally the sort of thing i'd buy <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely oh, yeah. is i mean 100 percent. If, if i had like, i want to get a blonde you know black guard yeah and i want it to look like a proper telly and that's the sort of shit i would add to it <laughs> i've been mulling over the babix bridges for for such a long time because they are, um, well, you can adjust those with an inch, inch of their life. The saddles are like based on a cam system, so it allows like individual, um, individual string height based on a on like a smooth turning cam, and then, um, like back and forth motion, all all adjustable by the same Allen key, and they are like massive, um, really thick um mass uh saddles as well so you get loads of string um like string vibration through um but yeah i've had meetings with people about this sort of stuff and like companies that um that manufacture it and stuff and it's like oh yes at the bottom of our um of our trem arm, we've added a uh, a ball bearing on a string, and we're the only ones to do this. And it means when it goes in, it gets complete fluidity. But also, like you could, you got three sixty movement without over threading, but it'll also stay at any position you want it. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen other companies do this. No, 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 we're the only ones who do this. And it's like, I'm sure Fender are doing something like this. And I, but <laughs> no, 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 we're the only ones who are doing this. It's like, okay, um. The, the, but there is some um, some real. I'd say I'd actually go so far as to say that mechanically engineering bridges are one of the most complicated deep dives you can do because there are so many um, different solutions out there, and, and like you've got like there's those Floyd roses that actually just um, bolt to the front of your guitar if you've got like a, a trinomatic system and you don't have to dig into the guitar and they, they look awesome they look really 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 cool Duesenberg um, do yeah, uh, the, a similar sort of thing trend. as well yeah. that I've been tempted to get but I, I don't really want my guitar my, I don't want to trim on my no I do want to trim on my Les Paul but I'm not a heathen yeah I think um, so. with the Les Paul, it, like a Bigsby looks classy as fuck. 
Um, yeah. But realistically, I, I ain't going to be using it, so why bother? Yeah. I've got a big spiel on my Gretsch, and that's really interesting. Um, it doesn't really go out of tune like everyone says it does. It's it's quite good at holding tune, actually. It's an interesting way of doing it, but um, yeah, I, I actually really like Duesenberg guitars. They make some really, really nice gear. Sound? Sound? I reckon that's enough uh, enough trem talk today, and I'm going to urge you, listeners, to restart this topic in the uh, in the Fret Talk podcast group, and then share with us which is your favourite bridge as well. Yeah, because uh, uh, and don't, don't say that one between Denmark and Sweden because we've had that discussion. <laughs> that we have, yeah. I mean, every day's a school day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. With the, with Lee, the educator, um, mm. and, and that is going to be our uh, our podcast for this week. Uh, it's been absolutely amazing having you with us, um, as always. And a massive, massive, massive shout out to the Patreon backers. Um, you keep the lights on, and you you are the very reason um, why I dragged myself from the sofa, feeling sorry for myself, and I'm glad that I did. Um, so for as little as $2 a month you can be one of those people one of those awesome awesome people and they are as follows uh, Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe and the Just Surprise Me podcast Mr. Hugh Direction <laughs> Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups um, who this week like check out the, the socials because there's there was a really like top call, I think. Uh, and Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jokes podcast. Uh, and I think he occasionally does just surprise me as well. Maybe. Um, so that will be us for this week. Um, thank you for joining us on this journey. And if you like what you have seen today, share it with your friends. Um, if you want to catch me online as well, I am Budgie Pedalchop. I can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talk All Tone series. And this week, I released the iSet Reverb, which has got something like nine different settings of reverb and punches well, well above its price point. Um, can I ask a question? You can ask one question. Does it have a moist setting? Uh, like, it has... Um, it has a mix control which allows it to be ultimately wetter than it should be. Is uh, that not just a tap? <laughs> yeah, it's the, the faucet control. Yeah. Uh, um, no, unfortunately, it's not called the wetter box or the the wet uh, the moist moistenator or whatever the Joyo one is called. Uh, I actually, have a wetter box, believe it or not. Lee, <laughs> say, say save it for the for the missus. <laughs> I have one of Dan's wetter boxes. <laughs> Lucky Dan. Uh, and on that on that bombshell. Uh, oh, we haven't we haven't mentioned pedal boards of doom, have we? Your your pedal oh, boards of doom. Fuck. We're we're pedal boards of doom. We do pedal boards of doom stuff. Um, yeah. You released the Jad Jad Freer. Jad and Freer. No, he's definitely not Jad and Freer anymore. Jad Freer. Yeah, Jad. Jad There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, um, we did that a couple of weeks ago. And, indeed. Uh, and this as week... you can see on my top, we had the Greed Tone Overdrive 2 release this week. 
and that is a fantastic pedal it really is uh, just just a, such a, an awesome pedal um yeah uh, greg is such a great guy he's so clever um so yeah uh go check that out it's a low release start this week and you can catch us on facebook we've got facebook group we've got facebook page we've got instagram and obviously we do youtube where myself and lol and mikey and budget pedal chap and soon our mystery josh will be releasing new videos all the time and here's a little spoiler for you we're gonna have 3d printed pedal soon how cool is that excellent excellent stuff um i've i've got um the Sander cranium coming up soon as well that should be released in not this week but the the week following this week is that like when you give alex a head massage (laughs) i mean possibly um he doesn't have much hair there so he can get straight on to really really get in there (laughs) <laughs> um, I think that is a place where we need to end the podcast, Lou. Where we're talking about Sorry, giving man. giving uh, <laughs> pedal <laughs> pedal company owners head massages. Uh, so from <laughs> myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chap, from Lee it will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Bye. an aggressive dog breed the other day crossbreed <laughs>